Hello, my name is Michael Head, and this is the DFTW Podcast. I am so honored that you would take time to listen to this podcast. I believe that this episode is going to help you grow both mentally, spiritually, and physically. If I can do anything for you as you're listening to this, you need to reach out. You can see all my information in the description. And thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to the DFTW podcast. My name is Michael Head and it is going to be a good day. I'm not sure where you are or where you're listening to this, but I promise you this day is going to be a good day as long as you want it to be. It's really your choice and I'm just thankful that you chose um, and had decided to listen to this podcast and I hope and I pray that you get something great out of this and uh, I know that so many of you have been talking about it and sharing this podcast and it's just been a blessing to so many people and that is outstanding. So thank you and I am honored to bring you some great content today as we look at isolation. There is a difference between solitude and isolation. One is connected and the other isn't. Solitude replenishes and isolation diminishes. There is a massive difference in those two. And as we look into the podcast today and we and we see some different things about isolation, I hope that um, maybe for some who may be struggling in this area, it can really help you out. And just to start off with, in Genesis 2.18, God says to Adam, as Adam is hanging out by himself, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And what happens after that? He brings Eve. So God is saying, look, I don't want you to be alone. Uh, yeah, there's some animals here. There's some other things, but you need human interaction. And he brings a female to come and join him. Therefore, he is no longer alone. He is so excited. There is Eve. And that is where we first see that God is like, look, I created man for community. And so one thing that I know for sure at times when I'm alone uh, and things that I've seen, uh, when we are alone, we are really different people. I mean, sometimes when you're with groups of people and they offer you a piece of cake and it's like so good. And for some reason, when you're with certain people, you don't eat the cake. But if you were by yourself, you're like, I will kill this cake. I will destroy it and you will eat it. Um, maybe with other people, you're like, man, I don't really watch these shows. I don't do these things. I don't, I don't watch those movies, but by yourself, you watch a lot of other things that you wouldn't watch in groups. Maybe your language. I know for me, um, there was a moment when, um, <laughs> I tripped and I fell and I kind of hurt myself and I wanted to, uh, lose it. I wanted to cuss. I wanted to say every word. I wanted to go crazy because it hurt and before any of those things came out of my mouth, uh, I looked over and I saw my son staring at me and I just screamed and said, ouch. Um, <laughs> the truth is, if I uh, was alone, I don't know what would have came out of my mouth. I probably would have had to get, um, <laughs> have to ask for forgiveness again. Oh man. But the thing is when we are alone, we truly are at times different people. And uh, isolation over long periods of time can be deadly. Being lonely, as I know, and many of you may know as well, is a feeling that uh, that you may be feeling right now, and you may be feeling very alone. Maybe you're listening to this podcast in your car 
all by yourself or maybe you're on a run or maybe you're laying in bed and you're listening to this and you feel so alone and you feel so isolated, I just want you to know right at the top that you are not alone and there are many people around the world that feel just like you do. And so there you go. You have people around that have felt this isolation and they have felt this loneliness before. And so please know right now you are not alone. And if you have asked Christ in your heart and you have a personal relationship with him, you are not alone. He is with you and he is there. And the Holy Spirit is 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 guiding you and is with you. And so just remember you're not alone. And I know, trust me, I know how it feels to be sitting there and laying there and you have all the noise around you and all the things happening and you feel so alone. It is scary and it is lonely. And so as I was looking into this more, I, I was looking at this loneliness survey that was taken in 2020. It was over 10,000 U.S. adults and they indicated that young adults have a higher rate of loneliness than other adults. And this survey indicated that, check this out, over 70% of young adults reported sometimes or always feeling alone, shy, or that no one really understands them. The survey found higher rates of loneliness in men, which is not surprising, compared to women. 63% of men are having a high loneliness score compared to 58% of women. So that's 63% men, 58 women. And also I've read that for men, when they hit the age 21, it becomes very hard for them to make friends. For women, you are constantly making friends. Very interesting um, in the differences there. Also, this research has linked one of the main reasons for uh, loneliness. The, the reason that people are feeling lonely is the hookup-based lifestyle, which increases feelings of loneliness and depressive symptoms. This high rate of this hooking up, it means that many of the adults are frequently exposed to like a merry-go-round of different relationships involving regular romantic breakups with periods of singleness and casual hookups. And many of those young adults, or really the adults who may be feeling like they are alone, can feel this way since they've grown up in a society where all they know is social media. And social media can play a massive role in not being social, just like we were created to be. We were created to be social. And so that is why we see so many studies linking social media usage to loneliness, depression, and poor mental health. Social media in itself is not a bad thing. It's a really fun thing. I love it. And it is a huge outlet for me. Most of the time I will hear others get upset with the quote younger generations and they tell them that they need to stop getting on social media or that maybe you need to stop because you're so addicted to social media. Get off your phone. Stop being on it. And which is really harsh. Here's why older generations is because most of the younger generation, this is all they have ever known. They grew up with social media. And so most of the time, this advice that is coming from some of the older generations who didn't grow up with social media, it is times it, it comes across very rude and the younger generations are um, confused and just kind of aren't listening because this again is all they've ever known. It would be like somebody telling an older generation back in the day to get off their phone 
Um, what I mean by that is there were there was a time when phones were connected to the wall, and any time the phone rang, people would go and be excited to answer the phone. I mean, that's crazy because right now when the phone rings, what do we do? We don't answer it. We hope they text or we text back, can't talk. I'll talk to you later. And you might get a call back. You never really know. And so it would be like us telling telling a generation of people that grew up with the phone connected to the wall, hey, don't answer the phone when it rings. Hey, get off the phone in your room because people would stay on their phones for very long times in their rooms. The only difference was the phone was connected to the wall. And so I really believe that the older generation should should really work on cutting some of these younger generations, Gen Z and uh, millennial generations, some slack. I mean, really, truly, truly, we need to all cut each other some slack. This whole generational battles that are going on and and how they're being labeled with these different things. Um, here's what I know for a fact is that the Gen Z generation, which is anybody born from 96 to 2010, is actually getting better in so many ways. Uh, they are doing way less drugs than previous generations. They're drinking less alcohol and they're having sex at much older ages. Now, those are three of the many things that are going on and, and, and we could be doing, but the Gen Z is actually doing some really great things. And so millennials, um, which, which I said Gen Z, is anybody born 1996 to 2010? And then we have millennials. Ooh, ooh, that's me. Uh, 1979 to 1995. You are, we are millennials. And we are just like everyone else. Every single one of us, actually. All generations are just like everybody else. I mean, we are going to grow into older people um, who are just going to keep looking at kids and complaining about what they do, and how they live their life. And so here's why I mention all this about social media. is because many of uh, these generations, especially the Gen Z, may not have, not necessarily 100% have, but possibly have not fully developed their social skills or acquired the necessary personal competencies to successfully socialize and to make friends. I mean... Here's here's the deal. We can't get upset with people for being on social media when that is what they've grown up knowing. But we can help and we can guide people to learn more about community. So with all this being said, I really think that the best thing to say is, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go meet this group of people. Let's join this club. Let's go to a Bible study. Let's find some community. And what's funny is that that word community, oh, my soul, it used to get on my nerves so bad. It would just, people would say, mm, I need community. I need community. And I, I would be so annoyed. Um, why? It's because um, <laughs> um, I had an isolation issue. And so uh, I would truly be saying things like, I'm honestly never going to join your community. I'd be saying this in my head. And I don't need it because I have my own community and I'm truly better alone than I am with others. That was how I lived my life. And so what I did know, even though I had a thousand of people on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and I was talking to so many people there and I was speaking in front of hundreds of people and so many people were listening to me, 
I was so lonely. I mean, even at home, I would come home and everything would seem so perfect and I was all high energy. I was lonely. I would wake up and I would go to a gym, a CrossFit gym with many other people. I'd work out with tons of people. I was lonely. I would post on Instagram all the smiles and the happiness. I was lonely. I didn't realize how important community truly was. And even though people would say that, I had no idea what it was. And after I hit burnout in my life, I was placed into a community of people at a very amazing place called Milestones, which is a place at on-site in the middle of Tennessee. And I was so nervous about stepping into this place with 18 other people who were already there. They'd already been doing their work. And how in the world am I supposed to fit in? I was also about to have a roommate. What? I hadn't had a roommate since college. This was super stressful because, again, I didn't believe that I needed community at all. This community there at Onsite, uh, it was a special, loving, caring, amazing, non-judgmental, real group of people. And we were all there for pretty much the same reason. We all had some sort of a trauma or, or multiple things that happen in our life. And so this community consisted of so many different types of people from the normal everyday human to the most famous celebrity that the entire world would know. And people that needed to take time out and focus on themselves for a season because so many people just go, 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 go. And they don't take time to slow down and stop. And these people were there to really work on themselves. I mean, what a community. We would eat together. Uh, we did group therapy together. We played games together. By the way, I used to never play board games until I was there. Uh, we went on different adventures outside together. We cried a lot together. There was even some arguments and fights. And uh, man, we just did life together. This community would be, I didn't know, but it would be such a huge part of my healing journey. And I'm still at this time right now, I still am able to connect with so many of these people that I met at Onsite. And man, we have each other. We can reach out to each other in the community continue. One place that you hear about loneliness a lot is with leaders, especially leaders of huge organizations. And you'll hear different things like this, man, it's lonely at the top. Or I don't think anybody really understands how I feel. Because people who were once deeply connected and had relationships all of the, all around them suddenly feel cut off. It's, it's kind of like a veil has come between them and the world. And I'm just telling you, that is how I lived my life. I went from somebody who I thought enjoyed relationships to somebody who isolated, stayed away, and didn't want to be around anybody. I mean, isolation, again, is not good for you. The true impact of loneliness on your health, check this out, is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day, and it is worse than obesity. Isolated people risk having a significantly shorter lifespan. I mean, with isolation, one of the worst punishments in our country is called solitary confinement. It's where you are placed in a tiny cell and have zero human interaction. I mean, it is brutal. I've never been there, but I'm just telling you, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to a prison, period. But solitary confinement where you are just all alone. And there are people and stories of people coming out of that and have just completely lost it. And the sad part is that our prison system says this is punishment, and yet many voluntarily enter it on their own. Many voluntarily enter isolation. 
And so we need to fight it. We have got to fight isolation because this is something that the enemy would love for us to stay in so that we're not living in a way that God truly created us to be. Here are some ways we can fight loneliness and isolation. The first one is we got to admit that loneliness is a choice. If I decide to be lonely, I have no one to blame but myself. Solitude is good for a short time. Remember that. But isolation can be the enemy and is used by the enemy. Number two, cultivate relationships with people outside of your circle. Most people really don't work on meeting people outside of their circle or their comfort zone. I mean, for me, I've had to make a concentrated effort to make friends that do not work with me. They don't think like me. And some, they don't even worship like me. People that I can hang out with and they don't see me as anybody else but me. And what's crazy is that God continues to use these relationships and has helped renew my heart and my leadership. The third thing, have strong relationships with a few close people inside of your circle or your organization. Meaning this, you've got to have people that you're around on a daily basis that know you and that you can open up to and that actually can challenge you. Um, If you're not open to changing who you are and if you're not open to other people speaking into your life, um, then the truth is you probably act like you have it all together and nobody's going to come to you and talk to you and you're going to live in an isolation. Why do I say that? It's because I lived it for a little bit of my life and it was miserable. Be open to other people. Be okay with people speaking into your life and allow it. The fourth thing Man, let's talk to God about it. Keeping our loneliness um, just by ourselves and inside of us is brutal. Living in that complete isolation is so harmful. And so keeping your loneliness a part of our prayer life is a constant reminder that you are responsible for your loneliness. I mean, look at Jesus. He even traveled with 12 or more people. And inside of those 12, he had an inner circle of three. If Jesus valued relationships, which he values relationships, especially the relationship with us, it is so key. And if he valued them, then so should we. So I encourage you to fight this isolation right now. Again, you may be laying there like, I don't want to do anything. I want to be all alone because I like who I am better than anybody. And you know what? It makes sense for you to feel that way. And I would love it for you today Call somebody, meet with somebody, meet with a couple of somebodies, get into a community, do whatever you can. Because yes, you may be needing some some community and you may be seeking it out, but who knows? Maybe, possibly, yes, you're seeking out community, but what if you became that community for somebody else? Episode 7 was all about isolation, and I am so thankful that you tuned in and you listened, especially for some of you, all the way to the end. That is so awesome, and I just want to say thanks again. Many of you have been telling me these great stories of how you have texted this out to your friends or your family, and uh, man, I think that's a great way to share this is just a straight text message. And I love hearing about it on social media. If you could continue to do that, tag me on Instagram, just talking about this podcast and what it means to you, telling stories about it on Facebook is so huge. And maybe for some of you, this episode of isolation, it didn't really hit. 
for you and maybe you're doing really well with this, that is awesome. I would say continue to share it because there are people right now in your circle and they may not look like they're sitting in isolation, but I promise you there are people on the outside who look so great and so wonderful, but on the inside, they are lonely. And so you never know who you're impacting. And so keep it up. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. And by the way, we've got a new cover art coming. I'm so excited about. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that in an upcoming episode. Had a great buddy make an amazing new cover art. And I am so pumped because it truly tells the story of the DFTW podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this podcast brought you any value, it would mean so much to me if you could go and leave a five-star review and just in the description of it, what were your takeaways from this episode? And please remember, if I can do anything for you or for a loved one, for someone that you care about, please reach out. You can go to nextstepcoach.org. You can fill out the short application so that we can work together. It's a true investment in your life and an investment that will change the direction that you are headed. Thanks again.